Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin, AKA Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Laura Agafiti. She is a strategy and design consultant for the health and wellness industry based in Dublin. I have Katarina Von Maydell. She helps business leaders build disruptive business models and define key leverage points to create powerful change and impact using a process of systemic, organizational, and human evolution. And I have Claire Schwartz. She is a grief coach and trauma healing expert, demystifying and destigmatizing grief and trauma healing, working with individuals, organizations, and families. The question I have today, how do you function in a dysfunctional workplace? Katerina, kick us off. <laughs> Such a great question, Dr. Robin. I really appreciate that one. We are living in a world where dysfunction is increasing everywhere. If you look at the stats that Gallup is putting out and Deloitte and a whole bunch of other organizations, we can see that basically mental health is on the decline, anxiety is on the increase, depression is on the increase. So those are just the relational pieces, but then we also have a very unstable world and I'm laughing because I don't want to cry. You know, between what's happening with the environment and geopolitical conflict and so many other things. So we're totally surrounded by dysfunction. And then if you look at the research that talks about how disconnected we are from each other, we're not even in a position where we can actually regulate ourselves in a healthy way. Because normally what we do is we regulate by being able to connect with other people, which means eye contact, physical presence if possible, and really sort of helping each other to find places of safety, psychological safety and physical safety. Mm -hmm. So we have this rise of chaos and a decline of our ability to deal with it and then increasing pressures on people. I think all of us have probably worked in places that were dysfunctional, but I think those types of places are only on the increase where you hear about all these stories in the workplace and everywhere else where people are just not able to get along. And the real risk of that is that we're not able to innovate, we're not able to change, we're not able to evolve. So that's to me why this is such an important question. Um, I think we have to think about how do we address that in the short term and the long term? How do we address that individually and collectively separately? And then also, how do we differentiate between palliative responses, which is just how do we deal with it in the moment, and also more systemic changes? How do we actually change our patterning and also how our societies work? And I say societies because it's we're talking about the workplace, but it basically is everywhere. I agree with everything that Katana said, and I was just trying to um think how this applied to my um previous situation that i was in i dealt with a very toxic environment before starting on my own and it's very hard when you are in a toxic environment to understand what's happening to you so i want to just point that out for everybody who has been through this or is going through this that mm -hmm. it's very hard to be aware that that situation is not uh, useful for you and the impact that it has on you I would suggest as a solution to this, maybe the first step would be self-awareness of what's happening and documenting everything that you are going through into the workplace. Because if you have it written down, it's easier to process it maybe mm -hmm. because we have a history of gaslighting ourselves very much mm -hmm. and it's really hard to understand what's the reality of the facts. Another thing that I would say is depending on how bad the situation is, try to ask for help 
but again it depends if you're not used of asking for help and if you feel that this is a sign of weakness it's very hard to uh, step out of it and and do it so mm-hmm. i think every situation has its own context what helped me is realizing that i reached a point where i was in pain every single day mm-hmm. and i wasn't doing anything i was just taking the tram back to home and after work and i was in pain mm-hmm. and i realized that this certain amount of pain is not normal anymore so that's when i decided to to go and ask for help mm-hmm. and when it gets very bad obviously um it's it's hard to control your emotions um, i wouldn't say but the work i had any bad experience like me lashing out but unfortunately it has a big impact of my lifestyle of my self esteem everything mm-hmm. was really really bad even my social interactions um, health so it took mm-hmm. me a long time to recover thankfully after 2 years of therapy now i feel like i'm finally getting on track with my life mm-hmm. but i could i would like to under, underline that sometimes this impact is not seen claire yeah i'm glad you found your way out miss laura and that you're feeling better and that you have some brightness back in your life um it, it's the the workplace is tricky i mean any deeply dysfunctional whether that's um in your personal life your family life is going to take its toll the trick with the workplace is it's connected to your livelihood and a lot of folks are trapped in their work situation because they don't have options about oh, just get another job oh a lot of people don't know to document or either the the tears of power don't give them a voice don't give them the mechanism to find their way out in a healthy way suddenly they will find themselves labeled as difficult or a troublemaker and mm-hmm. get pushed out so it can be a very very disempowering feeling and reality uh, which of course takes a toll on your family and on your health one can be very fortunate to find your way out but i'm i'm thinking we've we've perhaps been fortunate and privileged to be able to find our way into different work environments um different strata of power dynamics and have been able to reinvent but a lot of folks don't have that available so there need to be change systemic changes so that people can ask for help outside of the work environment as well so that they feel like they they're because the gaslighting doesn't only come from ourselves not only i don't recognize it but i'm afraid to say something because i might lose my job and that's a a terrible trap that people can find themselves in ideally folks can get another job where folks are more functional. Mm. Yeah. I want to go so, back to something that Laura said where she, she said you have to notice and like someone commented on the quick hits about performance improvement plans and if they're useful or not and said said she's been put on performance improvement plan and she's just she's miserable and I commented back to her and I said no job is worth the way you feel right now. Yes. And I think that's the hardest thing when you end up in these dysfunctional situations and you feel like you don't have any options. Your health and your well-being are your number one priority. Yes. No job is worth giving those up. I think all three of us have some independence in how we work. 
And there's a lot of a lot more people who are doing that. I think a lot of this great resignation stuff, which is now they've renamed it to something else. And the the fact that people are just sort of putting in time. I'm forgetting all the names of this story, you know, where people quiet quitting and quiet all these quitting. types of things. Yeah, I think all of those things are symptoms of people saying, I'm making enough money, I can save some money, I can build some some safety net and then I can leave. Or once they lay me off and give me a package, I think that's what a lot, the bargain that a lot of people are making and it's hurting our economy. Quiet quitting, Gallup just published and said it costs $8.8 .8 trillion per year. It's one third of our global GDP is what quiet quitting is costing us, yeah? And yeah. then if you look at the discussions in the professional environments where law firms, accounting firms, I think it's in other professions as well, where they can't keep senior professional women. And I think it's because as women, and I would imagine this is probably in minority groups as well and other visible and invisible minorities where people just don't stay around. It becomes not worth the fight. And again, it is it is a, a mark of, you know, if you're talking about law firms, you're talking about people in a certain socioeconomic status. If you're talking about folks who are barely above the poverty line, they can't quiet quit. They can't build a six month you know, the money comes in, it goes out before it hits your wallet. So that's a whole other problem of that tier of society. It's not a surprise that poverty and poor health are connected. Yeah. yeah. That is our 10 minutes. I don't know if we actually answered the question. I do think that what we have <laughs> told people is that this is messy and it's hard and noticing that you're in a dysfunctional place is the first step to figuring out what you do and that we recognize that just walking away from it isn't always the best option or even an option at all. So thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I look forward to speaking to all three of you again very soon.